Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. The camp injuries are starting to stack up, everybody. We have two more big ones, actually three big ones to talk about, leading off with the Rashad Penny news of the broken finger. What does this do for Chris Carson and his role now in the Seahawks offense? We already heard that he was the lead back. I saw a report tonight that he's now the bell cow. We'll talk about that. And of course, as I mentioned on Twitter, we're going to do our Would You Rather session. We're going to go through the first five rounds and we're going to talk, we're going to put guys under the microscope. We're going to, I'm not going to give any names away right now, but we're going to talk about maybe two guys, maybe a group of guys who are going very closely together in drafts and we're going to dissect it. Pat Cotter and Jake Meyer here are are here to go through these picks with me through these guys and we'll, we'll give you our take on, hey, who do we like better? And hopefully this helps you out on draft day. So, gentlemen, good to have you on tonight again. How's everybody doing? Happy to be here. Happy to talk about football. Can't wait to give you guys some big draft decisions you need to make in your first, second, third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Yep, I'm excited to be here as well, man. It's been a good day. You know, good week so far, man. The NFL season's coming up quick, and it, it I'm just getting that draft itch you know like it's just i just really want to draft and doing some best ball leagues recently i don't mean you swan have been doing one uh kind of longer draft it's it just feels good it's a good time of year yeah um i wanted to ask both of you have you jake i know you've had at least one draft so far when are when are you guys's drafts coming up do you have one soon or what's it looking like for both of you jake i'll start with you yeah, I have one next week and then two the following week. Two on the same day, actually. Two snake drafts. One at 2 o'clock and one at 8 o'clock. It's going to be a draft-filled day for me there. And, oh, nice. You know, one thing I wanted to mention uh, real quick, I'm real pumped about this would-you-rather section. Who Everybody loves a would-you-rather from since our high school days all the way into this, whether we're talking football, women, beer, <laughs> anything else. Pat, how do you feel about your drafts? When do you got them coming up? Uh, let's see here. I, I don't have them till you have some pretty early drafts there, Jake. I don't have any till um, I think actually our draft is our know-it-all's annual draft is the first one I got. So I'm going to be on a little, the 26th. You know, yeah, dude, I'm going to be maybe I might have one coming a little earlier. I'm not sure, but may like maybe the 25th, but I think that ours actually probably be my first one. So you guys might be have a leg up on me there. Uh, then I have a lot, I have a lot that you know, a week right before football starts. I even have one the day before the game starts. So a lot, you know, it'll be a kind of a towards the end sprint for me. How about you, Swan? When are yours coming up? Um, I have a bunch that week after Jake. So Jake mentioned that we have the one next Sunday at two o'clock. We're all in that league. It's a 14 man PPR league. I have a bunch right after that in a row. So some are coming Labor Day weekend. I have a, I think I have two Labor Day weekend. And then I try to make everything post Jake's draft because again we've talked about this is just the scare of injury I don't want to run into that problem like you had Pat a couple years ago where you drafted Jordy Nelson and then literally what was it that day or a day later he tore his ACL yep the next day man that one hurt that one hurt still a good year but you know yep when you when you never when your first round picks guaranteed to bust and losing your second round pick too is hurt hurts a lot Right, and I just don't want to run into that situation. Is I have the itch too, and I'm dying to draft right now. I want it. I almost did one for next, like the 22nd, 23rd. Um, but again, a couple of mine are the following week, 
which is right after Labor Day, like the third, fourth, and fifth. Hey, maybe right. it'll be good though. We can we can let uh, everybody know who I pick in the first round, and then every, our listeners can uh, avoid those guys because you know, like I said, my 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 uh, first round picks have been cursed these last couple years in that league. So probably a guy to look at to watch out for. Yeah. Hey, also to remind people, Swan, how's our uh, how's our pad the stats league looking? Are we filled up? Or do we still have a few spots? Tell our uh, listeners about that. Good call. Good call. So we are not filled up yet. And Ooh, if, sign you, up. if you'd us. like to join the league, absolutely. You can reach out to me directly. Um, yeah, you can reach out to any of us really directly. You can uh, DM us at Pad the Stats on Twitter, message us on Facebook, on Instagram. Either way, we'd love to have you. Hopefully, we can make it a 14 man league. We have a couple still open. So, uh, yeah, feel free to get at us. We will be holding the draft on Tuesday, September 4th at 8 p.m. Again, if you can't make that time, please don't reach out because. It's just going to be too hard coordinating with everyone. All right, I wanted to touch on, before we get into the league news and notes, did we lose Pat? No, I'm here. Okay, your video went off. We usually try to keep our video, most of the time, just so you know, like, I'm I'm in a different, Pat's in Missouri, I'm in, Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, and Jake is in St. Mary's, or Johnsonburg, so we, it's, we always try to keep our, we're via Skype, we try to keep our videos on so we can, like, you know, at least get some facial expressions and know when people, you know, when to talk. Um, so that's kind of our setup just to give you a little look in into that. We're all not in the same room most of the time. Pat and I talked about our slow uh, draft the other day. It's our best ball 12 man on draft.com. And I, I want to listen to that. What a weird concept. I never that... did one until this year. It's kind of nice, honestly. It, it kind of gives, especially since we're kind of um, deliberating on it, gives us time to kind of talk about who we want to get and kind of out throughout the day, kind of be picking up people and figuring it out. So it's not bad whenever, especially for us doing this. If I was doing it by myself, it might not be as fun, but I don't know. I like it how for what we're doing. Yeah. So we started the draft on today's Wednesday. I think we started it on Monday um, or Sunday or Monday. We are in round eight right now. Our quarterback is Russell Wilson. Running backs Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson. Our wide receivers are stacked. DeAndre Hopkins, Amari um, Cooper, Josh Gordon, Corey Davis. A couple upside guys, upside plays there in Gordon and Davis, and then Travis Kelsey at tight end. So we have a lot of star power. We're going to need to stack up on running back in rounds 8 through 11 or 12, I would think, Pat. I know you're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not a fan of this approach. No, I I always like having the running backs. And the thing is, is there's still a ton of great wide receivers on the board, guys like Hearns and Mike Williams and and Cooper Cup, guys that I still like on the board. So I I honestly would really like to be taking some more wide receivers here when we kind of are forced at this point to take running backs because it's kind of the pool is shrinking. I've talked about this too. That's a good point, Pat, is you can get a lot of good receivers at a good value in rounds seven, eight, and nine. We've already talked about Marquise Goodwin, and we've talked about Nelson Aguilar, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, the Rams receivers you can get there. Um, I mean, there's just a, a ton of guys. Julian Edelman, once he comes off his suspension. it's I've found it where I love getting receivers early, especially in a PPR or even a half-point PPR. And then I feel like I can get away with like four RB3s and just hope that one turns out to be an RB2 and I'm just absolutely stacked at receiver. Um but if, you know, in Pat's case, like he said, he, he wants to be a little more balanced, get those running backs early, and that's a way to do it too because you can get those receivers, like I said, round 7, 8, 9, and 10. 
All right, into the league news and notes. I already mentioned Rashad, Rashad Penny. We already knew that Chris Carson seemed to have a stranglehold on the, the Seahawks uh, backfield job. So he's going to be out three to four weeks after un- undergoing surgery to repair a broken finger. Penny's current ADP is in the sixth, middle of the sixth round in non-PPR. Guys, this blew me away is the fact that Chris Carson's current ADP, I had to make sure I read this right, is in the 13th round. I, in a I non- just picked up Chris Carson. In a non-PPR? Uh, I picked up Chris Carson in a 14-team, three-bench league. He did not get drafted in our yeah. in our mm-hmm. auction draft the other night. It's crazy. I, you know what the shame is? Is this? I feel like this news is probably going to put Chris Carson on a lot of people's radar and kind of just skyrocket his ADP. Where right now he was probably the best value in terms of ADP and out of pretty much anybody you can think of. Who's so, you know whose value skyrockets more, Chris Carson or Marquise Goodwin? We've already seen it from Goodwin a little bit. Well, Goodwin's is Goodwin's is rising. I Goodwin went Goodwin's early be hard in my compete. draft. Goodwin's going to be hard to compete with. Even in our draft.com league, he went really, really early. Yeah, one of the biggest reasons I wanted him from the beginning was I thought he was a bargain, and now I don't think he's a bargain because he's going in the sixth round. Do you think... Yeah. Okay, we're talking about Marquise Gooden. Do you think Pierre Garçon will lead him in points at the end of the year? I read something today that it still could happen that Pierre Garçon finds himself as Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target once they start playing a few regular season games and I could cer- certainly see that I, I don't think it's out of the question at all I think it's a definitely possibility you know part uh good ones I mean Goodwin has never done it in the league he did it you know towards the end of the year maybe a little bit but Peter Garçon's been a steady steady guy there for a while and even before he was there he was pretty good so I don't I don't think it's a you know toss up at all I might honestly start taking Garcon, because he could be a value here. And and for example, in our uh, draft.com league, Goodwin went in the middle of the fifth, 5.5, right ahead of Marvin Jones and Josh Gordon, who we took. That's crazy. That's wild. That's, that's insane. That's too, that's right too after high. Golden Tate and Jarvis Landry. Like, that's insane. There's waiting. There's no reason to be taking Marquis Goodwin there. Right. Hey, one guy, one guy I want to tell you about, Swan, that I did draft in my auction. And if you have any updated news for me, I did take Josh Gordon as a high ceiling guy and I am worried to death. What are your thoughts? Well, look, Brown's camp still doesn't know when he's going to be back. They don't have a timetable yet. They're still hoping that it's the regular season. And from everything I've heard, they still expect him to be back, but it sounds like they're taking the optimistic road. Do you think it's cuz of hard knocks? <clears throat> I've heard I heard that theory. I don't buy it. I don't either, but I, I just I'm trying to figure out something so he's going to be ready for week 1. Yeah, yeah, who knows with him? You know, it's 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 scary because every one every day that he's not there, you know, he's missing out on a new offensive coordinator. You know, he didn't even have much time in the all last offensive coordinator, so who knows? But he's also missing out on on making you know connections with two new quarterbacks and Tyrod and and uh, Baker Mayfield there. So he's missed he's missing out on a lot, and this is just more reason for me to even bump up uh, Jarvis Landry over him even if he comes back tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I could talk about Josh Gordon a lot, but we should probably keep moving here because we we have some more league news and notes to get to, and I do want to get into um, our segment here because there's a ton of information in that segment, as I mentioned at the top of the show. That's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, and but like I said, we have a couple big other big injuries, DeMonte Parker being one of those injuries. He was currently going in. You could get DeMonte Parker... Um, why I don't know. Was it the tenth round, ninth, tenth round? I think 
and his kind of his floor now I, is just you know keeps getting lower and his ceiling keeps shrinking in my mind. I don't know if Devontae Parker is ever going to be the first round draft pick Devontae Parker that we ever wanted him to be. He broke his middle finger on his right hand and is currently questionable for week one. I think that Kenny Stills is going to be the best receiver in that offense this year. I would steer clear of Devontae Parker. I'm just, I'm not, I just don't have any hope for him uh, at this point to return even wide receiver two value. Uh, quickly, guys, tw- 15, 20 seconds. Give me your quick take on Devontae Parker. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking that broken middle finger, man, your wide receiver, you can't catch. I mean, I'd take a late flyer on him, like maybe 14th, 15th round, but I'm not taking him in the 10th anymore. 14th round seems a little, a little, uh, uh, too, it's a little bit much for me. I feel like he's like right now he's, I got him going in nine Oh nine in a PPR league, 14 team. Um, he's going to go in front of guys like Aguilar who I'd rather have Hearns more even maybe like I might be feel more comfortable towards the start of the 11th. Back I mean, would you I still, like more. would you still take Devonte Parker over Mike Williams and Michael Gallup? Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying, and I think you can get those guys in the 11th round, or the 12th. Yeah, and I got a, in a, I got a uh, in a 14 team PPR. Just I'm looking at because I got that pulled up for our league for research purposes. He's going 909, so probably more like he's going, you know, mid eighth, late eighth in a in a 12 team. So, mm-hmm. or no, go the other way. I'm not sure. I'm terrible at math. So he's going before guys like Aguilar and Hearns. I would rather have those guys. Okay, Ben Ben Roethlisberger is in the concussion protocol. Thirty uh, six year old quarterback, not good, but we're not worried about it. He should be fine for the regular season. We just don't think he's gonna. At least I don't think he's gonna get any reps now in the preseason. He never plays in the second preseason game, or at least he hasn't lately. I don't expect him to play in the third preseason game now because of this either. Maybe he gets a couple series in the fourth preseason game, but um, I I don't know. I I wouldn't expect it right now. It's apparently going to be close whether or not Carson Wentz is ready for week one. Guys, are we still drafting Carson Wentz as a top five or six quarterback? Pat, I'll start with you. You know, he's going to be dropping down my, my ranks a little bit. I'd still like him a lot, and he could end up being a steal. I still feel like he was being underdrafted as it was, so this might even make him a better value. You know, if you just snag a, a quarterback who has an easy week one, week two schedule, and then you'd go with Carson Wentz after that. Uh, I think I like Stafford, Watson, and maybe even Newton above Carson Wentz at this point, but I'd still take him over guys like Kirk Cousins and Ben Roethlisberger. Same with Pat. I agree with Pat. Same exact logic. Yeah, over – did you say Stafford? You still taking him over Stafford? Yeah, I like Stafford a lot this year. Yeah, I still still think he's uh, right in that top five or six range for me. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit worried if he if the, the possibility that he misses maybe two games, but right now I'm going to hold Pat in my rankings. I don't think I'm going to move him quite yet. Okay, John Harbaugh said that John Brown has been the has been better than we expected. I've heard great things of him. He's not even going in the first 14 rounds of drafts right now. I think he's a great late round flyer if you could get him. Um, you know, it's kind of in that range of like the Jaguars wide receivers, D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole. Uh, we, I talked a lot about Ryan Grant. I think you could, I think John Brown fits nicely into that same conversation. Dolphins rookie running back, Kalen Blage. We just talked about him. This is what I couldn't remember before. I thought he was hurt. He's in the concussion protocol. 
We've also heard just bad things about him from just an on-the-field perspective. He got kicked out of the huddle the other day, apparently. Kalen Balazs is still an okay stash in, I think, dynasty formats, but for right now, it's just... I don't see any possible way that he finds himself as a relevant redraft value. Saquon Barkley was back working on individual drills after a mild hamstring strain. Quincy Inunua returned to practice Sunday after that thumb injury kept him out the last week or two. And it's believed that Royce Freeman will be the Broncos' primary back before too long. So guys, three names here. Tell me who you're taking. These guys are all going in the fourth, fifth round. Jake, I'll start with you. Half point. Let's just look at a half point PPR. Uh, Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny, and Ronald Jones, the three rookies. How would you take those guys in order? Right now, it's looking like, and I'm just basically going this off a of bulk of work. I'm going to take Freeman, and then Ronnie Jones, and then Rashad Penny. I think Jones probably works his way into that role halfway through the season, but I think Freeman gets that role about week one or week two. And Penny, I honestly don't see him grabbing that unless Carson gets hurt. I think it'll be a 50-50 split, if that. I agree with you to a T on how you rank those guys. Pat, how about you? I would have to agree, honestly. I feel like I never really liked Jones' talent. Sorry to tell, say it, Jake, but he's never was a guy even before the draft I didn't like. Uh, Freeman and Penny, you know, pretty good guys to me. I think that they can take over their backfields eventually. Um, uh, I think I like Freeman the most, though. Okay, Doug Peterson is saying that he doesn't know where the reports came from that suggests Alshon Jeffrey is a candidate for the pup list and that his status is still day-to-day. So uh, take that for what it's worth. I mentioned the other day that if Alshon Jeffrey is on the pup list, that Nelson Aguilar gets a huge bump. I already like Nelson Aguilar. He's also banged up, but it doesn't appear to be serious, and they think he'll be just fine for week one. Rashard Matthews, this has been a mystery to me. And to a lot of people, it still hasn't been reported what his injury is. He hasn't practiced all summer. This opens the door even more for Corey Davis. It worries me about Rashard Matthews' availability for the beginning of the season. Something to keep in mind when you're looking in those uh, early double-digit rounds and Rashard Matthews is there with a couple of the other guys that we mentioned. Um, just keep up to date on what Rashard Matthews' status is. All right, guys, we're ready for our Would You Rather series But first, before we get into any players, we talk about any football, let's talk about supermodels. Yeah? Hey, a little pop culture. All right. Brooklyn Decker or Kate Upton? This is the classic. Those are the best two names I came up with. Break it down. Brooklyn Decker or Kate Upton? Swan, what are you, like, give me a, give me a, like a player card in both of these women well so if we want to we got to tie this back to fantasy because it's a fantasy football show right so jake i told you off the air i think kate upton is my saquon barkley the new kid on the block the all-american kid right saquon barkley went to penn state he had all the hype last year coming out of college first round pick one of the highest We're talking 2012 kate upton, draft correct. yeah exactly like like from our college days kate upton when kate upton was new to si swimsuit and she was just the the all-american girl blonde started dating justin verlander everybody loved her well that's what saquon barkley is he's the first round pick in fantasy he was the second overall pick in the nfl draft he's the like i said the new kid on the block we love him and i think that's just a, a fair perfect comparison kate upton saquon barkley is kate upton that's fair. I like that comparison. Okay, so who are you? Well, I guess first off, should I ask you who would be a fair comparison to Brooklyn Decker? 
because I feel like she's I mean, kind of like the staple, right? She's been there. She's done it. Everybody thinks Brooklyn Decker is great. Done it for a while. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, she's been around for years. She's pretty much, for lack of a better word, perfect. I mean, you can't – she's a perfect player. She's going to be – you know, you can count on her every game. What's she's that show What's that show with Adam Sandler, that movie? Just not that, just not that into you? Yeah, believe, something like – Or just go with it. Just go with it. I apologize. Just go with it? It is just go with it. Yep. I mean, she's, she's yep. intelligent. She can act. That's good. Right. So, what football player is this? Uh, are we talking Alvin Kamara because of PPR? Because he just—it's a for sure thing. He's going to get you 15 points every single week. Well, I don't know if Alvin. I would have to disagree there. I don't think Alvin Kamara is a for sure thing. I said okay. that I—I I think she's kind of like your Julio Jones in terms of yardage, right? So Julio Jones is going to get you like 1,400 yards every single year. He's done the last, I think, three years. He's consistent. Now we don't like his touchdown numbers. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with somebody like Julio Jones. But if I had to lean one way, Kate Upton's probably my girl here. Yep, I'm going Kate Upton or Saquon Barkley. Okay, I would have to agree. Maybe they'll hook up after this podcast. Who knows? <laughs> well, Saquon just had a baby girl, or I think right, right before the draft. Yeah, I yep. believe so. Yeah. Right, did. Pat, nice input on that. I loved it. Um, yeah, I just love your analysis on those two. Really good stuff. Uh, you know me. I got all the stats. Okay, speaking of those two players, let's look at the first round. These are two first-round running backs who are very, very close right now. They're actually going back-to-back back in ADP, and that's Saquon Barkley. He's going at sixth overall, and Alvin Kamara, seventh overall. Jake, did you want to say something? Or no, this is, just the, this is the biggest question in probably everybody's drafts right now. Like, this is the big number one question. Where are you taking Barkley? Where are you taking Kamara? So let me add this real quick. So we've seen this a ton, right? One through five, it seems to be set in stone. Your big four running backs and then Antonio Brown in some order, right? But then once we get through to five, like six through eight, six through nine, we see some combination of DeAndre Hopkins, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, and then maybe Odell Beckham. In a full-point PPR, I've seen Beckham and Hopkins go in front of those two. So let me – but we want to focus on these two players. Jake, I'll start with you and then go to Pat. Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara, and and try to try to differentiate between um, – plat or between – what am I trying to say? Between formats for our listeners, non-PPR, PPR, um, just so we kind of cover all of our bases. Yeah, well, in non-PPR, Barkley's my choice right off the bat because Kamara is your catching stud. He's going to probably catch maybe 75, 80 balls this year. Now back to PPR, which is, in my opinion, more of the standard format anymore. Um, it's a close call. I looked up a lot of stuff on this. This is one of my biggest questions. I've been doing a lot of research in these two guys. You look at Barkley, he's kind of like your home run. You, we don't really know much. I mean, we know he's talented, but how's he going to fit in the NFL? He's kind of your home run. He could literally be the number one ranked running back by the end of the year. He could literally just he could. tear the cover off the ball for in, in a baseball sense. So how he broke these two down, and Kamara is going to be your consistent guy, going to get you 12 to 15 points every week, going to have six catches. you know. And I just think he is also talented, but he doesn't have that between-the-tackles beast that Barkley does have in him. So the way I did it, I broke it down by playoff schedule. Uh, the playoff schedule for Alvin Kamara 
is Steelers, Panthers, Bucks. Not too rough, I don't think. Not not easy. Should be okay. Should be okay. And the playoff schedule for the Barkley is Redskins, Titans, Colts. That's pretty easy to me. Um, compared to compared to Kamara, I'm gonna say Barkley in a close margin, but I would go Barkley um, with that answer in a um, full PPR also. Well, that's a good point when you bring up schedule. I think I don't have the schedule for the Giants in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the early part of the season. Now that postseason schedule looks nice, but I think the early part of the season actually is pretty bad for Saquon Barkley, something to keep in mind. They had one of the toughest schedules for running backs, um, if, if I remember right. From, based on last year. Based on last year. Take it with a grain of salt, but some things are going to be holdovers. Take it with uh, uh, healthy do- swig of salt water. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, Pat, how do you feel about these do you agree with jake i would agree with jake in a, in a non-ppr i think i'd take barkley tomorrow i think is going to do a lot of his work in the passing game now i would take Kamara in a in a ppr these guys both have a, a lot of downside and a lot of upside you know Kamara, what happens if the if mel if um i'm drawing mark a blank ingram. here mark, mark ingram, ingram comes back i almost said melvin ingram but uh mm-hmm. Uh, what if Mark Ingram comes back and, you know, he's in the doghouse and they just continue to feed Alvin Kamara, who had been producing, you know, he could easily, he, I think he could end up as the number one back as well. He would I, have a great year. One of those David Johnson type years. I don't I, think it's quite as likely as Saquon, but I think it's a possibility. Now, Saquon, we don't know how that offense is going to be. It was not good last year. Granted, they lost a lot of players, but that line, we don't know how, if that line is going to be good. It, it could be a line like Saquon faced, it, like had it at a uh, Penn State that was not good. He could get meat in the backfield a lot, which right. he's a guy he can he can do a lot. But if he he's a guy who's going to wait and see what develops in front of him and kind of like a Le'Veon. So if he's waiting there and all of a sudden he has three linemen coming straight at his gullet, he's going to not do very well. Well, so, right. Are we going to see a lot of runs like his first run of the preseason game or his next four? We could see both of them, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like the he's playing against practice squad guys right now i mean they could have had most of their guys in they're playing very basic fronts offense isn't showing much defense isn't showing much so the preseason while i like seeing seeing it and it showcased what he can be you never know you never know so to me they both have a lot of upside saquon probably has well definitely has more upside than camara does i in my book but i like camara in a ppr just because of his pass catching ability not saying that barkley can't catch the ball but the Saints have shown a want and a need to throw the ball to their running back. So I would take Kamara here. Uh, Good points. Good points. And the other thing to consider, Pat, and this is kind of your point, do they even put Mark Ingram on the field as much when he comes back as they have in past years? I think it's more of if Alvin Kamara just blows it out of the water in those first four games, like they have to leave him on the field more. Like that's that's a real possibility to me is the fact that they give him 18... Uh, I think last year he averaged, I'll have to take a look. I think it's, it, it's like 11 or 12 carries a game. It might not even be something like, it's something like that, right? Well, if he averages 18 to 19, 18, 19, 20 touches a game over his, or maybe even carries a game and then adds in, you know, another three or four catches over those first four games and is very, very efficient. I don't see him having a 6.1 yard per carry 
average like he did last year. I don't expect him to be that efficient, but if he's efficient, if then then you know I don't see how you take him off the field. And in that point, in that case, if he stays healthy, you're looking at an easy top three or four running back for the entire. Oh, season. I agree, and I you know I think Barkley could be a, it's probably a more talented back overall in a in a. You know, if you took him in a vacuum, Barkley would be my choice. But Kamara, that offense, you know it's going to be good. But you're pretty sure it's going to be good, especially more than you know Barkley is. And Barkley, that offensive line scares me, honestly. And that team's coming together. Maybe it'll take a full year. But Barkley could be one of these guys like a Gurley, a Johnson, an Elliott, one of these game-breaking backs that we're going to be taking top four, top three for years to come. So yeah, I can see it. Okay, so just to recap, both you guys in a non-PPR, correct, would take Barkley. Yep. And in a PPR league, we are leaning Kamara. Out of the, if you took a poll of the three, yeah. Uh, for the two, yes. Yeah. I'll get to one mine here point, in a second. One but, point I would make real quick, um, just as Pat was talking there, Kamara is the safe bet. And sometimes I've read a lot of guys talking, including myself, with past experience of missing in the first round. Kamara is your safe bet in the first round. And if you want to, I guess guarantee you're going to be around for the playoffs. You can't miss in the first round, mm. so maybe Kamara is that better option. See, I don't know. If, you, if you're looking for safe bets, I'd almost even lean a wide receiver there or, or a guy like Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to be your really safe bet there towards the, that back half after you missed out on those top five guys. But maybe if you're talking Kamara or Barkley, I would say, yeah, Kamara's got more you know, of a floor, but I still think he's – could he'd easily get into a timeshare there and if they have if they both kind of produce less then he could easily you know have a down year well i think pat to your point if you're the t- if you have the sixth pick overall regardless of how many teams, that's a hard it, spot that is a hard spot like let's say it's a full point ppr i don't think like hopkins is a safe pick there i think because you're looking at 10 10 plus 9 10 plus targets a game for sure i'm taking hopkins right and then when it comes back to you in the second round, you have a chance to get maybe Jordan Howard. And I don't think that's a bad way to start your draft. No, no. Now, in a full-point PPR, maybe it's not Howard. I think McCaffrey's probably going to be gone by the time it comes back to you. Definitely. And you, might, and you might be looking at either Howard or Mixon, which could be a tough call. Um, unless you're really feeling savvy and want to lean, want to really, really reach for, like, LaShawn McCoy. But I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. Just we don't know if he what's his status is currently, and I have serious doubts about Lashawn McCoy staying healthy this entire year. Given uh, his Lashawn aging McCoy will be, he could be one of those guys that he is he's a league winner just because where he's going. Honestly, yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Let's go to well, actually, I just wanted to mention that I do agree with these guys. In a full PPR, Kamara would be my choice because he gives you a chance to catch eighty passes, while Barkley might only have maybe 50 to 60 catches. Now, Barkley's going to be around 250-plus carries, and I don't know if Kamara... I've said in the past that I don't think Kamara gets to 200 carries. I'm starting to kind of not be as bullish on that and and saying he maybe gets 200. So 200 with 80 catches. I think even the 20 less touches altogether, let's say it's that, 20, 25 less touches, Kamara versus Barkley, even with that, I think Kamara's very efficient. Uh, and he could easily win that out. Now, in a non-PPR, I would take Barkley, and I, like I said, I, I could see him having maybe even up to 40-plus touches more than Alvin Kamara at the end of the season, and I like those rush attempts a little bit more in the non-PPR. 
Let's rank this group from the second round, guys, in accordance with how you would draft them in non-PPR. Again, non-PPR half point and PPR. Let's touch on all of them. I did wanted to do this a little bit differently because I felt like there were so many guys that stacked up pretty well in the middle of the second round. Devontae Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard, A.J. Green, and Joe Mixon. So we have five guys there, two receivers, three running backs. I'll repeat, Adams, McCaffrey, Howard, Green, and Mixon. Pat, I'll start with you. How would you rank those guys? Uh, all right. If I was in a PPR, which is what you should be playing, Yes. We have I would go with Christian McCaffrey first. Then I would take Devontae Adams. I like his abilities here. You know, I think he's gonna be a good player, get fed a lot of uh, passes and especially in the red zone. Then I would take Joe Mixon. I like you know, I think Joe Mixon's gonna wow. bounce back here. I, I I figured that would get you, uh, some rises out of y'all. I think Joe mm-hmm. Mixon's gonna have a bounce back year. I think that offensive line can only get better from where it was. That team is gonna be a little bit better. I you know, I st- I agree that you know Giovanni Bernard's still there and he could take a lot, but you also Tariq Cohen's there. We don't know how that offense is going to change under Nagy's system. So I would take Mixon. I think he is a much more talented back than Howard. So you're That's taking Mixon take- over the two receivers? No, I I have Adams and then Mixon. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I right, so I would take Mixon after Adams. I think, like I said, I think Mixon has more upside than Howard which makes me want to favor him over Howard. Then I would take Howard, and then I would take Green. Okay, so you had it McCaffrey and then Adams. McCaffrey, Adams, Adams Mixon, Mixon, Howard, Howard Green. Green. Okay, and that's in in what? That's a PPR. PPR. Now, in a standard, I would go Adams, Mixon, Howard, McCaffrey, Green. Okay, so you love Devontae Adams, and I agree. He has the best quarterback in the league throwing to him with I do, I do and like he's there probably the number one now. receiver 10 plus touchdowns is is very very, very much in the wheelhouse can be done for him yep i agree and i think he could go over 80 catches too and maybe like 1200 yard 11 1200 yards he could just have a monster season we could be looking at a top five receiver when really it's all good. said and done with Devonte adams um really good jake how about how about you let's let's start with a ppr league how do you feel about these five guys ppr i'm similar to pat but i have uh christian mccaffrey Devonte adams and then instead of that crazy mix and take that he had i have christian mccaffrey Devonte <clears throat> adams jordan howard aj green mixing at the bottom okay mixing at the bottom i also had mixing at the bottom you said aj green was fourth for you correct okay that's interesting in a ppr um, I kind of want those receivers at near the top for me. Now, why do you um, why, why do you have Green below Howard? I I just don't. I just have a bad feeling about AJ Green this year. He's getting older. He hasn't been. He's just been getting progressively worse every year, getting less and less targets. I, and I I do like Jordan Howard, and and, That's and a honestly, lot of the reason too. Both these guys aren't big reception guys especially Adams he's never gotten a lot of I mean Green can definitely have those big big reception games where where Dalton just goes all right I only got eyes for Green and throws him the ball a bunch but I feel like these guys are a lot more like you know yards kind of guys especially especially Adams so I mean I think that you're in a in a standard that kind of bumps both of them up a little bit yeah so in a non-PPR league Jake how do you feel um I mean, are you higher, or are you kind of like Pat and taking Jordan Howard near the top there? 
out of that group. Yeah, and non-PPR, Jordan Howard is my number one. Um, Adams is two, Mixon is three, Green four, and Christian McCaffrey moves all the way down to last because realistically, I think he's going to be anywhere between 80 and 90 catches this year. Yeah, I think that's realistic, and he's probably more of a third-round pick in a non-PPR for me. Um, what about Gronk? Are you taking Gronk over any of these guys, Jake? Um, that's hard because tight end is such, it's deeper this year than normal. And I think you can still find a relative decent guy, but I would possibly take him over Mixon in a PPR league, but that is it. Um, and I maybe would take him over Christian McCaffrey in non PPR, but I'd probably end up leaning towards a running back just because it's a more valuable spot. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, Pat, how about, how about you? I don't think I would. I really don't like taking tight ends early, so I don't think I would take them over any of these guys. Yeah, I struggle with that too. Like if I'm the, say, the third or the fourth pick, um, and it comes back to me and Howard or uh, Howard or Mixon is sitting there, and I, I have a hard time taking Gronk over either of those two guys. Um, I guess, how much does your first-round pick influence this? Pat, I feel like your first-round pick would influence influence um, who you're taking very significantly. So, for example, if you have the sixth pick and you take in a PPR league and you you take, um, uh, let's say, DeAndre Hopkins, and it comes back to you, I feel like if it comes down to, in that spot, Christian McCaffrey or AJ, AJ Green, you're probably going to lean McCaffrey, right, regardless. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, if in a – if I take – if. The only way it's really going to affect my pick in the first in uh, in the second round is if I end up taking a wide receiver in the first round. If I have a running back, I have no qualms of going to uh, two running backs right off the bat. But if I go wide receiver, man, do I really want to take a running back on that way back? Just because after you get if when it gets back to me in the third, yeah, they're not going to be good if you have two wide receivers for me. Jake, I just how, don't like the talent. How do you feel about that? Like if you took OBJ, say you're drafting ninth or ninth or tenth, and you take. Odell Beckham comes back to you. Devontae Adams is sitting there. Are you taking Devontae Adams over Christian McCaffrey to load up with two stud wide receivers? Or are you, are you looking to balance your team out? No, I'm going to end up going Christian McCaffrey in that instance. Not necessarily that I like him over Devontae Adams. I'd say they're very similar. Um, but it's the fact that these running backs, they fall off quickly. I just did a draft a week, a couple days ago here and that second running back spot is so hard to fill if you don't get one of the top 15 running backs. It gets ugly, and if you don't get that first running back in the first really two rounds, unless an early third round, you're going to be in trouble. I would highly suggest getting a running back in the first two rounds, one at least one. It's a great point. I think if your team is going to look really sexy if you go receiver-receiver in a PPR league because we just talked about it. You might have OBJ and Devontae Adams. Um, you might have, let's say Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. If you're picking fifth, that's an area, that's a scenario I've come across a lot. By the way, the fact that Mike Evans is going in the third round is total blasphemy. I think that's absolutely crazy. I would take Mike Evans over Joe Mixon in a heartbeat. I think that's so stupid. Um, and I, it's just crazy to me. I would take him over Gronk too personally because I think he gives you a very legitimate chance to be a top five or six wide receiver 
Well, I agree with you there. I agree with you there that I like Mike, uh, that Mike Evans is being kind of blasphemed against. I think the, and it's kind of surprises me. I don't, I thought I wouldn't like Mike Evans this year, but the hype, the, well, the anti-hype is getting so bad against him that, you know, I feel like I might actually get him on some of my teams. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it almost makes me feel like, um, if you're one of the first two picks, uh, you know, maybe the second pick, especially there's a, there's a chance that he comes back to you in the second, in the third round, which is uh, kind of crazy to me. Um, he has right. number one receiver upside, man. He could be the number one receiver if he gets, he, he did, he, he did it before he was either one or two. He, yeah. I had him there that year. He just went bananas with touchdowns. Yeah. So he can do it. He can do it. He, but he could also be, you know, dirt. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So let me give you my take really quick on those guys similar to you guys a little bit um non-ppr you know I'm, I'm definitely leaning howard because of the touchdown potential i think he has td production of nine plus touchdowns um you know so i'm taking him over the other two backs in a half point i would still take mccaffrey first out of the three backs especially if i went you know like i said hopkins or obj in round one and then in a ppr it's it's an easy landslide for me it's mccaffrey for sure but i would also take him over wide receiver both wide receivers regardless of my pick in round one um so you know for example if i would start out with saquon barkley i would be very very happy to come back and get christian mccaffrey in a ppr league in the second round or in a ppr league could you imagine starting your team out in a ppr with kamara and then mccaffrey i would cream that I would think, be just, that's just, a dream, man. That is a dream. That or would Dalvin be Cook and McCaffrey or something like it's that. It's probably oh not possible in a fourteen-team league. It's no, pushing it in a twelve-team league, um, and a ten-team league. I certainly think that's possible. Oh yeah. Um, I would take the receivers in non-PPR and half point. You know, if I choose to take a running back, um, in, in round one, so. Unlike, like I said, in PPR, I would be okay with taking two running backs if I could get McCaffrey. In a non-PPR and half point, um, you know, I would take those receivers. Again, if if I took, say, Barkley, McCaffrey, or any of the other running backs in round one. Um, and, and then, you know, like I said, Mick, Mixon falls last out of these five for me right now. I still like Mixon, but I, I mentioned on my episode the other day, I just think the hype's starting to get a little bit too much because I've seen him going in the middle of the second round above guys like... Um, like Mike Evans, for example. Okay, let's look at round three. And guys, let's put two. Let's put some receivers under the microscope. Vikings receivers. That's Diggs and Thielen. They're going in the middle of the third round, and let's put them up against Doug Baldwin. Pat, who are you taking here in uh, the several formats that we discussed? Honestly, in a lot of these, it I think it doesn't really matter right now. I would prefer Diggs number one and he's the guy to me that's going to be most helped out by a uh, non-PPR league and I prefer him even in a PPR so honestly I think if this is these rankings are going to be the same for every single format I'm going to go Diggs Baldwin Thielen now Baldwin right now as we know is injured and has we're not sure where he's going to start if he's going to start week one should be fine so he could Baldwin could honestly fall below Thielen. I have the back-to-back in my rankings with Doug Vaughn. We was but higher. If things keep going negatively for him, we don't hear any good news about his injury, then I could easily see myself dropping him below Thielen and maybe even farther. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I would go Diggs, Diggs, Thielen, and then Doug Baldwin. Um, and 
you know, Diggs is, is, is like I said, I'm kind of with you, Pat. He's my guy regardless of the format. And then Baldwin and then Thielen. Um, for me, in a non-PPR, it's Baldwin over Thielen because of the fact that Baldwin has averaged nearly 10 touchdowns per year over the last three seasons. Thielen has just 10 career touchdowns in four years. So in a PPR, I'm going to go Thielen over Baldwin. Baldwin has, you know, 125 targets is his most in um, his seven-year career. And last year, this was interesting to me, Doug Baldwin, 94 receptions on 125 targets. That's a 75% catch rate. I don't think he can that's hard to, that's keep hard that to do. up. I think it's got to regress a little bit, even if it's down to 70%. Um, so, you know, I just don't know how he, if he gets that same target share, I don't know how he catches over 85 passes. And then Thielen, 91 receptions on 142 targets. So I don't see Thielen getting 142 targets again because I think Diggs hasn't, he hasn't played a 16-game season yet. I think he played 13 last year. I'd expect him to, hopefully if he can play a 16-game season, I would expect his target share to go up, Thielen's to drop to, I had him at 127. So, uh, but I still, I still think in PPR, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Thielen for now at least, but it's very, very, very close for me. Jake, how do you feel about these three guys? Yeah, I'm on pretty much on the band board with you guys. I do. I mean, Diggs, in my opinion, just jumps off the board as the most talented receiver of the three. And I think he is going to get those shares with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota this year. I think something about Keenum and Thielen, they had some kind of love affair that we didn't know about, (laughs) that he just loved Thielen and peppered the hell out of him. I think it's going to be more digs this year, but I do. I would take Thielen over Doug Baldwin because of the references you made. I don't think Doug Baldwin catches the ball at that rate this year, and I've just never liked the Seahawks passing offense to be consistent. And I feel like Doug Baldwin's going to have one of these off years, so I would go Diggs, Thielen, Baldwin. Yeah, especially if he, both formats. Especially if Baldwin can't get in the field early in the season, um, right? It's going to be something we have to keep our eye out for. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, all right. Let's move on to round four. And I want to ask you guys a quick question right off the bat. Is round four too early for Deshaun Watson and Mark Ingram? Jake, I'll start with you. Yes, both. <clears throat> Pat? Uh, let me see here. Uh, Mark Mark Ingram, maybe. I could see I'd much rather Mark Ingram than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is way too early. Please don't take him there. I mean, if you're drafting with me, please take him there. But otherwise, don't take him there. <laughs> okay, if you go three, if you go n- no running backs through the first three rounds, though, you're probably not taking Mark Ingram as your first running back, right? Like in the fourth round. I don't. Uh, you did that on the one team, and I can. Well, I can see it turned out okay. The but... Argument for doing that, if you continue to go running backs and get a lot of uh, kind of guys that'll fill in, I just I don't like it. I don't know. Maybe if I if I came down to a pinch and. He was, you know, the highest rated running back on my board. I think I would do it, but I would be very hesitant, and I would feel very bad about my team going into the first week. Yeah. Okay, let's look at round four. I have two. I have four guys I want to put um, up to the test here. We're going to start off with two running backs, and then we're going to look at two rec- two receivers. Okay, let's look at Lamar Miller versus Kenyon Drake, because I think this is interesting. I think they're very, very close. And I want to get you guys' take on it. So, Jake, I'll start with you. Lamar Miller, who's going 4.06, and Kenyon Drake, 4.04. How do you feel about those two guys? 
Yeah, I'm actually going to – I'd actually take the underdog there, and I'd take Lamar Miller, um, just mainly due to the fact of competition. I mean, Alfred Blue is still there for the 86th year in Houston. and um, Well, Dante Foreman, too. Dante Foreman, but he's coming off the Achilles, and I'm here, and he yeah. might not be ready for week one. A running back coming off Achilles scares me. If it was ACL, I'd feel better, as funny as that sounds. Achilles, I don't feel good about that. That's a the dramatic compar- injury, man. The other comparison I used for these two guys – was once again, I went to their playoff schedule. And Kenyon Drake's playoff schedule is actually not very good at all. Um, It's the Patriots, which Patriots, even though they're not a great defense, they always scare you. I mean, Patriots are going to stuff the box against the Dolphins because they'll just let Tannehill. And the Patriots are probably going to be looking to potentially lock up a number one seed at that point in the year. Or a a bye, right? Right. I think that's something to consider. And then the Vikings and then the Jags. That's an awful playoff schedule for Kenyon Drake. I don't want him on my team come playoff time. So I'm going to take my chances with Lamar Miller, and hopefully his talent finally catches fire. And also with Deshaun Watson there for a full year, they're not going to be able to put eight people in the box against Lamar Miller like they did two years ago when they had Joe Dirt quarterbacking or whatever his name was there, Brock Osweiler. Boy, was he terrible. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> uh I might have found somebody who's worse, and that's Paxton Lynch. I watched part of the Broncos preseason game the other day, and man, is he just absolutely awful. <laughs> I heard um, about that. God, is I heard he, he terrible. He's really bad. He's really, really bad. I don't understand how he was ever a first round pick. Um, so, Jake, you like Lamar Miller's opportunity, sounds like a little bit more. You like the fact that their defenses aren't going to be able to press on him as much. And exactly. Kenyon Drake's playoff schedule. Yes. factors into that correct uh pat what do you say you know this could be one that comes down to how my team looks at this point if i feel like i have a team that has a lot of a lot of potential but a lot of upside and a lot of downside i might lean on miller because i just feel like he's got gonna offer you that safe floor but if i have a team that kind of looks bleh meh you know i got jordan howard on my team maybe i'll get Kenyon drake as that guy that offers a lot of upside now they're very, you know, this is a good comparison because they're right back to back in my rankings, and these guys are one guy got a guy who's got a lot of upside, but a t- on a team that could absolutely be terrible, and then you got a guy who is kind of is your guy that you know what he's going to give you in Lamar Miller, uh, but his and we expect his team to be really good, you know. So for me, I'm if I in a vacuum, I'm taking Drake over Miller, but it's very close to me. This has been one I've been debating a lot. I feel like I'm, and I'm always that. You know, Lamar Miller is one of my guys, so it's this. This uh, is one that I feel like I kind of want to take Miller, but Drake offers so much upside and could catch a lot of balls this year that I I have a hard time dropping him below Lamar Miller. Okay, well that's fair. The way you started off with talking about Miller being safe, I thought you were going to lean with that. I would agree with you on the upside because of what we saw from Kenyon Drake last year um just to put some numbers out there um and first i want to mention that he looked good in the preseason game he had three carries 16 yards and and one reception for seven yards and i heard that he looked good i didn't get to see much of the tape he averaged 119 total yards per game over his final five games last season that's great uh he had a couple games where he went over 20 plus carries over 22 or 23 carries and this is crazy to me lamar miller didn't have Lamar Miller did not have a game over 75 rushing yards last season. Not one. Not That's one, wild. not one, not one game over 75 rushing yards. 
I mean, that's just, that's terrible. Uh, and he only scored six total touchdowns. Now, Lamar Miller didn't get quite the, the workload that he did, did in 2016, but it still concerns me a lot that they're starting to get off him. If Dante Foreman was healthy, I would be much lower on Lamar Miller, I think, at this point. Um, but, uh, but look, Lamar Miller, like I mentioned, he was, he was down last year, but he still has averaged 287 total touches per, per year over the last two seasons. That's good. I think he still gets a, a pretty good workload this year. Um, I'm going to lean Lamar Miller if I need a safe pick here. If he's going to be, if this is going to be say even my first running back, I think I might lean Lamar Miller. Um, it depends how my team's kind of constructed. If I have a stud running back already, um, I don't know. Let's say I have David Johnson on my team or, or any one of the, the, the first round running backs, Barkley or Kamara, I think too. Um, I, I might lean with what Pat said in the upside with Drake. And I don't think this is a question in a PPR, in a, in a standard league. I think Lamar, and we honestly stuck on a standard league because it's not standard anymore, but in a non-PPR league, fair. I think Miller is easily the pick here. Yeah. Okay, let's look at the two receivers from round four. Juju Smith-Schuster, and we're going to put him up against Allen Robinson. So Juju is going at 4.06, and Allen Robinson is going 4.10, 10th pick of the fourth round. Pat, I'll start with you on these two. Debate. Allen Robinson first, Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, so these guys pretty getting pretty close to my ranks. I have Juju at 19 and Allen Robinson at 21. I like Juju's ability a lot this year. You know, even he showed a lot of flashes last year, and Allen Robinson's never convinced me that he's that great of wide receiver. He had a really good year with Bortles, uh, what, two, three years ago? The two years ago, he didn't look all that great. He had an okay year, and then last year, you know, he tore his ACL and switching systems. You know, I really like, um, I really like Anthony Miller, and I think he could be a stud in that offense, and could even maybe even beat Allen Robinson in targets. And they got Trey Burton there too. I, you know, I just never really cared for Allen Robinson. I still got him ranked pretty high, and I still think he could have a pretty good season. But Juju would be the guy I would take here. He's got swag. He's got ability. He's already had a highlight reel catch in the preseason. He would be my dude. And I, not to mention, I'm a little bit of a homer for him. All right. I think it's Jake. Tell Pat how crazy he is that he thinks Anthony Miller could be, could out target Allen Robinson. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, there's no chance, at least this year. No. No chance. I mean, I mean, Allen Robinson, you got to remember how talented he was. I remember how talented he was at Penn State because I'm a Penn State fan. That dude could catch anything thrown at him. He had a great year in Jacksonville the one year. Then last year he got hurt. You know, I still think he can catch anything. I think he's going to work great in uh, Matt Nagy's offense there. I think he's going to be featured. And the reason I would go Allen Robinson, the main reason why I would go Allen Robinson over Juju Smith-Schuster is really honestly because Allen Robinson has that chance to become that number one receiver in an offense. And Juju Smith-Schuster will never be the number one receiver in Pittsburgh for the next three years. That's a that's a good point. And I've talked about this in past shows is the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster is capped. I believe, I think he's capped at 105 or 110 targets. As long as right. Antonio Brown is on the field for 16 games, there is no way that Juju is going to get more than 70 or 75 catches. 
in my mind because you're looking at Antonio Brown and Le'Veon. But now after this season may be a different story, but right now with Brown looking at 145, 155 targets more than likely, um, I just don't see any way that Smith-Schuster can beat can just top that and I think that they're both guys who can finish around 70 to 75 catches because I don't think that Mitch Trubisky is that good personally so I think both of these receivers are are guys that are going to finish in that range but I think both have the opportunity to go over a thousand yards and six plus touchdowns I think what this comes down to guys is who scores more touchdowns and I think Allen Robinson probably gets Juju by maybe two or three um, because I think there's going to be at some point this year, I don't know when it's going to be, it might be right away, Mitch Trubisky is going to find that Allen Robinson is his absolute go-to target inside the 10 and 15-yard line because that's exactly what, um, um, oh my gosh, yeah, I can I'm, literally drawing a, I'm literally drawing a blank on uh, Blake Blake um, Bortles because that's how much I care about Blake Bortles and how terrible he is. But uh, my point is Blake Bortles absolutely peppered that that year that Allen Robinson had 14 touchdown catches. Um, A lot of that a lot of that was garbage time. But at the same point, like he found that Allen Robinson was his guy in the red zone. I think Mitch Trubisky does the same thing. Now I'm actually looking at his stats right here, and honestly, 2015 was the year he broke out. He had 151 targets in 2016. He also had 151 targets. Had about the same catches each year, 80 to 73, but he had drastically different yards. He had 1,400 yards on the dot in 2015 and 883 in 2016. So very different. But you think about about this. He had 151 targets both years, and he had 80 or less catches. That that comes to about a 50 – you're around a 50% catch rate if you combine both seasons. That's pretty bad. Well, it's bad. Some of that portals. portals. That you is say some of that's Bortles, but do you think Trubisky's you know that much better if you're if you're really yes. not liking him? Bortles is trash. Uh, but, but dude, I mean, you can't blame a fifty percent catch rate all on Bortles. That's absolutely terrible. You can if it's nah, Blake Bortles. I don't think so, man. Yeah, I don't think well, so. Well, okay, hold on, hold on here. Let's take a look at something. Let's say that 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 Allen Robinson gets to one hundred and twenty-five targets this year. Let's put that. Let's put him at a sixty percent catch rate at one hundred and twenty-five targets. Sixty percent catch rate's not that good. That would put him at 75 catches for the season. I think that's realistic. I think that's very possible. I don't think he gets many more than that, though, just because I don't think I still don't think we've talked. They we heard about this earlier in the summer that the training wheels were off for Mitch Trubisky. I don't buy it. I still think they're going to lean on Jordan Howard a ton. I don't. I just don't think Mitch Trubisky's going to be that good personally, and so, I think they're going to find out that they can't pass the ball that much. Definitely possible. Definitely possible, and then that will negatively affect a guy like Allen Robinson, who's more of a deep threat. Yeah, compared okay. to short short routes with uh, Anthony Miller. Yep. Okay. We we got to keep moving here, though, guys. We're running out of time. We're up against the clock. We're at, uh, just shy of an hour right now. We're at about fifty eight minutes. So let's do round five. Okay. In let's do this in about two minutes. Think we can do that? Yes. Go ahead. I want, I, want, I want you guys to each give me a quick breakdown in about sixty seconds. Um, Let's take 30 seconds per debate here. So I get round five. I have, um, let's see, how did I do this? I had four receivers. And the first two that I want to look at is Brandon Cooks or Jarvis Landry. We talked about this off the air already. Pat, I'll start with you. And then Jake, 30 seconds. Tell me who you're taking, Brandon Cooks or Jarvis Landry. Um, Give me all three formats, please. 
All right, Jarvis Landry in a PPR, and I'd take Brandon Cooks in a non-PPR. I think Landry's going to get a lot of those targets. He's a very good wide receiver. I think he's underrated in this league. And Cooks is good, too. I just don't think he's – I think that that wide receiving core is a little more crowded with ability, and Cooks will not get quite as many targets, especially with Gurley taking a lot of that workload. I would agree with you there. I'll go really quick. I also would take Jarvis Landry in a PPR league, particularly if Josh Gordon does not return. That even helps him more. Brandon Cooks, I've mentioned this before too. I think he could be even the third targeted guy in that offense. Yes, behind Robert Woods and behind Cooper Cup. I don't think he finishes better than second in targets on that team. 60 catches is a max. So in a non-PPR league, I'll take Cooks' ability to score touchdowns a little bit more. But in a PPR league, I'm going to take Jarvis Landry. In a half point, I'm still going to lean Landry. Jake, how about you? Yeah, half point and PPR, I'm leaning Landry just due to the fact that with Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor, he's going to be the blanket. He's going to be the the safe blanket guy that they're going to go to. And Brandon Cooks, I would take in a non-PPR just due to the fact that he does catch the long catches. But I with you don't feel confident in the fact that he's gonna not he won't finish first in targets on the rams this year okay chris hogan or marvin jones jake i'm gonna go chris hogan uh just honestly based on consistency i do find that chris hogan will get seven eight targets um a a game and i think marvin jones is very inconsistent marvin jones is going to give you those you know seven catches for 150 yards two touchdowns he might give you that twice a year but Chris Hogan's going to give you those 10 to 12 points every game, even with Edelman back. Because other than Edelman, who do they have other than Gronk and Edelman and Hogan? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, they say all those wide receivers suck out there, from according to Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady will make them good. They're all first-round cast-offs, except yep. Kenny Britt. Um, who do they have? Uh, what's his name? The Vikings. A couple years ago, first-round pick. Was their return man. Cordero Patterson, Patterson, yeah. Cordero Patterson. He's, even, he's, he's a return guy. He's not even in the middle. He's not even in talks of wide receiver, right. supposedly. And, and then Philip Dorsett, who was a first-round pick for the Colts. And we yeah, he, he has not never, been good. He'd never figure out how to catch. No. Pat, uh, I'll take. I'll get your take on these two guys, Chris Hogan or Marvin Jones. I think I know which way you're leaning, and then I'll go. I don't think this is even a question, no matter what, what format. I think it's easily Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has shown what he can do over these past couple of years. A touchdown score, he's a long, deep ball, dull ball threat. While Chris Hogan's got the better quarterback, I don't think I think Tom Brady spreads it out around a lot more, and I don't think Chris Hogan will get quite the opportunity that Marvin Jones will. Okay, I'm going to throw some stats at you guys really quick. Last season, Chris Hogan played nine games, but was on pace for 60 catches, 780 yards, and nine touchdowns. Not bad. Yards weren't great, but the touchdowns were fine. Would have put him as uh, in the wide receiver two conversation. So this year, no more Brandon Cooks, no more Danny Amendola. Let's look at Marvin Jones's numbers. 61 catches at 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. So he beat him, beat him up pretty good in the yardage department, but similar in catches and, and right in the dot with the touchdowns. I think that Kenny Galladay figures to be more of a factor this year. I think the running game in Detroit is better with on Johnson. Look, Gronk played 14 games last season. He hasn't played more than 11 games in three of the last six years. If you were to miss even more time, Hogan's stock goes up even more. I don't like the fact that um, Julian Edelman is missing the first— well, I like the fact for for Hogan is he's missing the first four games. And like I mentioned, with no more Cooks and no more Amendola in those first four games, I think Hogan has a really, really good chance if he can play 16 games this season to outdo uh, Brandon or Marvin Jones. And I'll, I'll actually lean— Chris Hogan on this one. 
All right, guys, thank you both so much for uh, for jumping on and doing this segment with me. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. We will do another podcast uh, this weekend. We're going to try and keep that schedule going as best we can up to the beginning of the season, and then I hope to keep churning them out uh, two to three per week after that. So everybody enjoy their Wednesday night. Pat and Jake, thank you guys again. We'll talk to you later, everybody. Um, have a good one. Bye.